Hello, I'm Tom Wilkinson, and welcome to the Thinking in English podcast, a podcast aimed at intermediate to advanced level English learners. Last week, Prince Philip, the Duke of Edinburgh, and husband of Queen Elizabeth II, passed away. His death has dominated news reporting in the UK and abroad. Prince Philip was an influential and well-known international figure for over 70 years, carrying out thousands of meetings and engagements for the British royal family and his own personal passions. In this special episode of Thinking in English, let's answer the question, who was Prince Philip? But first, why not follow the Thinking in English Instagram page, Thinking in English podcast, or the link in the description. And you definitely should look at our blog, thinkinginenglish.blog, for all transcripts and bonus content. Here is today's vocabulary list. As always, the written list is available in the description of the podcast and also on our blog thinkinginenglish.blog Outpouring Outpouring This is an expression of strong feelings that is difficult to control. For example, his death at the age of 35 has caused an outpouring of grief. Condolence 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 is sympathy and sadness for the family or the close friends of a person who has recently died, uh, or an expression of this, especially in written form. As in, world leaders from all over the globe offered their condolences. To banish. To banish. To banish someone means to send someone away especially from their own country, and not allow them to come back. For instance, he was banished to an uninhabited island for a year. Prestigious. Prestigious. If something is prestigious, it is very much respected and admired, usually because of being important. For instance, he studied at a prestigious university. Gratitude. Gratitude. Gratitude is a strong feeling of appreciation to someone or something for what that person has done to help you. As in, she sent them a present to show her gratitude. Amoeba. Amoeba. An amoeba is a very small, simple living creature consisting of only one cell. For example, all life started as amoebas. Sensitive. Sensitive. This means easily upset by the things people say or do, or causing people to be upset, embarrassed, or angry. For example, he was very sensitive about his appearance and thought everyone was staring at him. Phenomenally. Phenomenally. Extremely, especially in a way that is surprising. 
For example, her first novel was phenomenally successful. And finally, engagement. Engagement. An engagement is an arrangement to do something or meet someone at a particular time and place. For example, I have a dinner engagement on Thursday. Last week, His Royal Highness Prince Philip, also known as the Duke of Edinburgh, passed away at the age of 99. His death was greeted by an outpouring of condolences and grief from around the world, as well as respect for his role as husband and supporter of Queen Elizabeth II. He was certainly a strong character with a distinctive personality. Although I am by no means an enthusiastic supporter of the British monarchy, Prince Philip was such an important figure in modern British history and lived such an interesting and challenging life that I think it could be useful to look at his life in some detail. And while many of you might have heard of Prince Philip and know a little about him already, I'm sure there are parts of his life you are not aware of. So, who was Prince Philip? While he was known as a member of the British royal family, he himself was actually born into European royalty. He was born Prince Philip of Greece, on the Greek island of Corfu. His father was Prince Andrew of Greece, and Philip's grandfather was King George I of the Hellenes, or the King of Greece. His mother, Princess Alice of Battenberg, was the eldest child of Prince Louis of Battenberg and sister of Earl Mountbatten of Burma. So both sides of his family were European royalty. In fact, he was related to the Tsars of Russia and to Queen Victoria of the UK. Despite being born in Greece and being a member of Greek royalty, Prince Philip does not actually have any Greek blood. Instead, his family has Danish, German and British roots. Philip was born in a time where royalty and monarchy was the dominant form of government across Europe. Most European countries at this time had, or recently had, a monarchy of some kind. However, things were also changing at this time, and in 1922, a coup d'etat overthrew the Greek monarchy, and Philip's family was banished from the country. The British king, George V, sent a warship to rescue the family and take them to Italy. Perhaps this was because George V felt a great deal of sadness over the fate of his cousin, Tsar Nicholas II of Russia, who was brutally murdered during the Russian Revolution only a few years before by sending a ship, a warship, to help the Greek royal family, who he was also related to. Um, I guess he maybe felt that he was helping. Famously, uh, the baby Philip slept in a box of oranges 
during his journey. His childhood was spent moving between different European countries, staying with royal and influential relatives around the continent. As a young child, he studied in France, the UK and Germany. Um, at the same time, his mother became severely mentally ill and spent much time in hospitals and asylums. Philip's sisters all married German nobility and his father relocated to Monaco, leaving the young prince isolated. After a few terms studying at a prestigious school in Germany, Philip transferred to Gordonston School in Scotland, which was founded by Kurt Hahn, a Jewish refugee from Nazi Germany. Gordonston School focused on teaching students self-reliance, toughness and community service, which certainly influenced the rest of Philip's life. In fact, he felt so much gratitude to the school and its educational philosophy that years later, he would send his children and some of his grandchildren to the school. I guess it was an ideal situation for a young man who was alone and had little contact with his parents or his sisters. After leaving school, he decided to follow a military career, eventually joining a British Royal Navy College in the south of England. It was here that his uncle, who was a high-ranking member of the British military, would ask Philip to escort two young princesses while their father, King George VI, toured for college. One of these young princesses was a 13-year-old Princess Elizabeth, the future Queen of England, who took an immediate liking to the older prince. Philip eventually finished top of his class at the college and immediately joined the British war effort in World War II. Throughout his studies at the college and his involvement in the war, Philip continued to exchange letters with the young Princess Elizabeth, and in 1946, he asked her to marry him. However, before he could get married, Philip had to make some major personal changes. He needed to become a British citizen. He needed to stop being a Prince of Greece. And he needed to, he needed to change his family name. He took the name Mountbatten, which is an English version of his mother's name, Battenberg. Because as a German name, Battenberg was not acceptable in a post-war Britain that had just fought a vicious war against Germany. In fact, during World War I, the British royal family had changed their name from uh, the House of Saxo-Coburg-Gotha, a German name, to the House of Windsor. He married Princess Elizabeth in 1947 and was given the title Duke of Edinburgh, Earl of Merioneth and Baron Greenwich. After his marriage, he returned to his naval career and lived on the island of Malta with Elizabeth, where he eventually commanded his own naval ship. The uh, royal couple's first son, Prince Charles, was born at Buckingham Palace in 1948, and they had a daughter, Princess Anne, in 1950. 
and later on, Prince Andrew in 1960 and Prince Edward in 1964 were also born. While visiting Kenya with Princess Elizabeth in 1952, King George died of a heart attack and the young princess became queen. Their lives had completely changed overnight. Unable to return to the Navy and his previous career, a new role and purpose had to be found for Philip. He struggled with the Queen's new power and influence, and even though she allowed him to make most of the decisions about their family's personal matters, he was angered that his children would not have his name. They would not be Mountbatten's, but they would keep the Queen's family name, Windsor. In fact, he is reported to have said, I am the only man in the country not allowed to give his name to his children. I'm nothing but a bloody amoeba. One of the most interesting relationships Prince Philip had was with his son, the future king, Prince Charles. They were very different people and very different personalities. Whereas Philip was strong and self-reliant, Charles was much more sensitive Famously, Philip insisted Charles attend the same school he had in Scotland, Gordonston, despite the fact Charles hated the school, was incredibly homesick, and wanted to study much closer to his family. Eventually, uh, Charles would graduate top of the uh, as head boy, I think, but he would not famously not send his own children, Prince William and Prince Harry, to the same school. So, what did Prince Philip actually do? Well, he had lots of passions and interests. Um, most notably, in 1956, his concerns for the welfare of young people sparked the launch of his phenomenally successful Duke of Edinburgh's award. This award has enabled millions of 15 to 25-year-olds around the world to challenge themselves physically, mentally and emotionally in a range of activities designed to promote teamwork, resourcefulness, and respect for nature. If I remember correctly, uh, to qualify for the award, you have to complete um, some form of community service, some form of physical activity, some kind of skill, and finish a expedition of a certain number of days. In fact, I completed my bronze Duke of Edinburgh award as a teenager, and I know many people who went on to complete their silver and gold awards. He was also a passionate advocate for wildlife and the environment, and was an influential figure in the World Wildlife Fund, and the first president of the Worldwide Fund for Nature. Throughout his life, Philip also kept an enthusiasm for sport. He sailed played cricket and polo, excelled at carriage driving, and was president of the International Equestrian Federation for many years. He was also a controversial figure at times, making a number of offensive and rude comments. Um, I'll let you search online yourself for some of Philip's mistakes. He certainly made a lot. And he certainly had a reputation for misjudging situations when he was abroad. One interesting thing 
that not too many people know about Prince Philip is that uh, a group in Vanuatu, a country in the South Pacific, actually worship him as a god, or I guess a, a spirit. Um, and it's been in the news recently that they will, I guess, have to find or worship a new god. So here is today's final thought. Prince Philip was a man with a strong character and a belief in independence and self-reliance. But he found himself inside a complicated royal family and in a position where he was always second to the queen. In another world or another reality, where the queen's father lived much longer, had a much longer life, perhaps he would have gone on to have a career as a military leader. Instead, he was forced into a royal life. And royal life, especially for British royals, is not necessarily easy. He retired from public life in 2017 after carrying out 22,219 different engagements for the royal family. He was president of hundreds of different organizations and charities and was incredibly important in the development of certain sports and activities in the UK. This episode of Thinking in English has been very different from my usual style. However, I have had many conversations over the last few days about the life of the prince and of his family. So I thought it might be useful to explain who Prince Philip was and what he did with his life. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you didn't, don't worry. I'll be back with another normal episode later this week. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Thinking in English. Please share with your friends, check out our social media links in the description and send us a message. We really appreciate all of your feedback. And if you have any ideas for topics or future podcast guests or any other learning format, please let us know. And please leave me a rating. We're now on Instagram. I'm sure you've already seen it, but go there, check it out. Lots of good content about vocabulary, pronunciation and grammar. And Instagram is a great way to contact me. Uh, it's Thinking in English podcast on Instagram or the link is in the description. Also, all of the transcripts of the podcast are now available on the Thinking in English blog. Um, vocabulary list, comprehension questions and all of the articles are there for you to read. Um, that link is also in the description. So please check it out too. Thank you and see you next time.